Hi, everyone. My name is Dr. Trisha Ramperset. I'm the core behavioral therapist. And today I have such a treat. I'm here with Nadia Jagasar. And I hope I said your last name right. Yes, you did. <laughs> um, yes, I wouldn't be a, a good Indo-Caribbean American woman if I didn't say it right. <laughs> and um, she is from the Netflix hit show um, Indian Matchmaking. And she's also um, a renowned wedding planner. I just want to thank you, Nadia, for being on my podcast and YouTube channel. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. This is great. You know, I had to have you on. So this is a mental health podcast, but I had to have you on because you were so brave to be on um, Indian matchmaking. And I wanted to know um, what made you decide? What was the deciding factor to make you go on Indian matchmaking? So the, I mean, application process was like fairly simple. It was like send a picture, answer a few questions. Um, and my girlfriend who sent the casting email to me, she was like, I think you'd be so great for this. And I was just like, oh, whatever. And I just kind of sat on it. And then um, I was like, you know what? I have nothing to lose. I was like, let me try. Like I've tried apps. I've tried meeting people in person. I've tried like literally everything. Um, and I was just like, look, I literally, I have nothing to lose. And so I was like, let me just send this in. Obviously not thinking that they would pick me. Um, and then when they called, I was just like, let's do this. Absolutely. <laughs> you are my absolute favorite because there's so many women who, and even guys too, but there's so many women who went through what you went through um, in the dating process. And I just wanted to know, how did you mentally prepare um, to go on these dates while you were on the show? Yeah, I mean, I don't think my mental preparation for this was any different than going on a regular date because... Um, I mean, the dates were the same. I mean, it's like two people going and meeting up, especially like a first date where you don't right. know the person. Um, and so the only factor here was the camera and sometimes really good lighting. Um, and so the I felt very comfortable in front of the camera. I um, When I was younger, I used to model and I'm a dancer. And so being in front of, in front of the camera was nothing that was um, of... Uh, you know, it wasn't frightening to me in any way. And so, yeah, I think I just went into the dates as I would any other date. Yeah. No expectation. <laughs> so it was so awesome. I was just like, she's so brave. And you went on a date with someone who was half Trinidadian, like, like, like me. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. For me to see that the Indo-Caribbean community was being represented um, in mainstream media. So that was so cool. And your modeling pictures, your pictures that I've seen recently, they're just beautiful and gorgeous. Oh, thank so, you. Great job. Yeah. <laughs> thank um, you. You know, what are some issues that you uh, see in the Indo-Caribbean community um, that you'd like to see changed? Ooh, girl, that could be a whole podcast <laughs> on its own. <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> you can I mean, like one or two if you want. <laughs> I would say the top one or two things that I would love to see change or change made um, would be like gender roles. I feel like um, Indo-Caribbeans are still really stuck in men do this and women do this and that's not the case anymore um, and or in my opinion it's not. Um, so I would say that was one thing um, and another thing would probably be just like really owning who we are. I think sometimes, or at least like where I grew up, it was something that I didn't 
really include in my life until a little bit later on. And I know some of my cousins are also like that, where they don't really like acknowledge their West Indian side. And so they just kind of like leave it as like, a, oh, this might be like a fun fact I can throw, but it's not something that they truly embrace. So I would say embrace it, but also be able to, um, yeah, fight that, that gender role. That's a, that's a big one for me. Yeah, totally. As far as, yeah, as, as far as I see, like when you're supposed to be married and like when you're supposed oh, to Oh God. Married. Oh, let me add that one too. <laughs> <laughs> like those are all gender roles and, and expectations and, and yeah. I totally, yeah. I totally agree. Um, you know, we're both Jersey girls and we both grew up in New Jersey. Um, but I was so appreciated when you went to Sybil's in Queens because I grew up, I, I was born there and grew up in Queens, Richmond, uh -huh. Yeah. And when you showed Sybil's, that was so awesome. I was like, oh, I know that roti shop. I know that place. <laughs> representation. Well, they asked me, they were like, where do you go for West Indian stuff? Because there's not a lot of West Indian grocery stores um, in Jersey. And I was like, oh, well, we go to Sybil's. And so they were just like, can we go there? I was like, we can. <laughs> so we went and within like, maybe 10, 15 minutes, they had all the waiver signed. They had everything. It was like, boom, boom, boom. Cause they said, oh, a Guyanese girl wants to shoot here. Yeah. And so they were just like, and they were, they said Netflix. And then it was just like, okay. And so quickly, like the whole thing came together and we were able to shoot there, which was awesome. That is so cool. I was just like, oh, I know that place. I yeah. know so cool that how everything just came together like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood in Jersey, and I don't know if you did too. Same. <laughs> um, and I had my experiences, um, and I wanted to ask you, since we're both Jersey girls, what was it like for you to grow up in New Jersey, and have you experienced any racism um, based um, on where you grew up in Jersey? Yeah, um, I mean, my experience growing up in Jersey was was awesome. I think, I mean, my parents um, originally when they came had wanted to live in Queens because that's where everybody had family. Um, but then my dad's uncle was in Jersey. So they ended up moving to Jersey to be closer to him. And then, I mean, we, my parents didn't like uh, skimp on anything for us. Like whatever we want, it felt like whatever I wanted, like they were able to provide it for me, even though now I know that they were like struggling to do that, but it never felt like that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, in terms of growing up, so I would say in elementary school was kind of my first like kind of touch point with racism. Um, there were these girls who like would put like push me in the sandbox and like, you know, like basic kid stuff, but it was because I wasn't like a little white girl. I looked different right. than them. Um, and then when I moved, we moved in fifth grade to another town and that was where I went through high school even though it was a predominantly white town, I never, I felt like I was kind of living in a bubble because I felt like everyone was just really accepting and it was like a, it was a bubble essentially. And then when I went to college and then realized like, oh, people aren't nice like this. And then <laughs> it was, uh, it was a little bit of a, you know, shook me a little bit. Um, but I mean, I think I've been pretty lucky in that I haven't experienced it uh, as badly as other people may have, um, and I'm very grateful for that, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I've heard some, some horror stories of, of people, you know. Yeah, I've definitely experienced through, a lot of but, racism, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely grateful that, um, my experience the way, was the way that it was, but it also makes me think, like, well, why was I living in that bubble? What was going on in the town? Did I just not know? Did the kids weren't like that? Like, 
I don't know, there's a few questions there too, so. Yeah, there's a lot of self-reflecting. Yeah, so good. Um, totally. Um, and um, do you have, what are your fondest memories of New Jersey growing up? Um, Jersey, I mean, everyone always hates on Jersey, but to be honest. I know, right? I don't get it. I don't understand. They think we're all like the Jersey Shore people. I'm like, yeah. I'm nothing like them. Exactly. Um, my fondest memory growing up. So there was this, this is like a, such a Jersey thing. So, um, there is this one deli in, um, in Booten, New Jersey, that it's like literally a hole in the wall. Like Booten's a really old town. And this is like a hole in the wall deli has been here for like, I don't know, 80 years or something like that. They make the best Taylor ham, egg and cheese sandwiches. Oh, oh my <laughs> This. we still go to this place and like the same owner is still there he is very old right now um but that is like probably the coolest thing because like when we were growing up my dad like if you would go groceries on saturday or sunday or whatever he would go and he'd bring back to him an egg and like that was just like a thing um Absolutely. and then i would say so that's like super jersey um and then once i got old enough to realize that like some of my friends had shore houses then it was like oh i can go like down the shore and so um a lot of I'm, my the town that we lived in was was pretty well to do and so a lot of the my friends had shore houses we yeah. didn't but um I would enjoy my other friends shore house <laughs> nice I think and, everyone had a, uh, had a shore house in down uh down the Jersey Shore I think everyone <laughs> over the summer or something so yeah you know, and so that was nice to like do that with my friends and then I had like that real Jersey experience um so I would say those are probably like the two things that are like real Jersey about me <laughs> oh, absolutely those are good answers oh my goodness um <laughs> awesome we probably ran into each other and didn't even know it <laughs> oh I'm sure <laughs> have you ever visited Guyana Yes. Um, so I went when I was two years old. That was the first time my mom took me to meet my Nani and Nana because they were still in Guyana at the time. Um, and then I went again in uh, 2018, in March of 2018. So I was obviously much older. And um, my Nani was there. She goes back almost every year for like a few months. Um, and this specific time I wasn't working. Um, and it was part of my like spring break from grad school. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, oh, okay. I was like, why don't I just go now? Like, this is the time. And so I only did a four day trip because I was nervous. I was like, well, what if I like it? What if I get sick? What if I, anything happens? And so um, I only did four days. And like on the fourth day, I was like, damn, I wish I stayed longer. Like I really enjoyed myself. Um, but yeah, that was the, that was the last time that I went. What was your fondest memory when you visited Guyana? Um, it was really nice too. So my nanny came with us um, out during the day. We did, that was when we did all of like our sightseeing and they would take me out and in all the different places. I stayed with um, very distant cousins of mine. Okay. And so um, they were nice enough, like I said, to take me around and see all these things. And so Nani would come with us during the day. And as we were like driving, she'd be like, oh, that's where, you know, I went to school and that's where we lived. And that's where your dad went to school. And we like, I got to see all of these places that my parents spoke about growing up or that were in, you know, significant in shaping them um, as people um, or, you know, like school, they spent, you know, years of their life at school. And uh, so it was really special to go and see all of those things with my nani as well. That's so nice. And it's also you like immersing yourself in your culture a bit too. That's so special. That's yeah. awesome. Um, 
you know, given what happened at the Capitol, um, we don't have to discuss it or not, but that was pretty intense. I mean, what was your reaction? What happened to the Capitol? At, at the I Capitol? honestly left work early that day because I was just like, I can't deal with this. I must have cried like two or three times. And yeah, typically I don't involve myself so strongly into politics where to the point of tears. Right. Um, but I have no idea what it was about that particular incident that really like struck a chord with me. I came home so upset. Like when I called my mom, I was like driving home and I called my mom just to, like talk to her. And she was just like, oh, like it's not a big deal. Like you being upset is not gonna stop like what's happening. And then I was talking to my boss about it because her um her mom is half Indian or she's half Indian, her mom is Indian. And so she said, oh my mom said the same thing. And she was like honestly I think it's because they're immigrants. Like where they came from Mm -hmm. something like that happening it's like a common place like oh there's right. in the government normal oh there's like a raid somewhere normal exactly. um, yep. so yeah I think my mom was just unfazed her mom was unfazed and meanwhile I'm sitting here like oh my god what's happening the world's <laughs> falling apart <laughs> so yeah. it was um it was just absolutely shameful um and so it, it was really upsetting I was very upset that day but um, yeah, it today was gives me hope. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. I, my family, being from Trinidad, it's the same thing. They went through like a coup, or maybe even more than one. And it was, and I'm just staring at the screen, like, what is happening in America, <laughs> yeah. like, in real life? Like, what is happening? Um, yeah. yeah, honestly, um, how do you uh, practice self care given that stressful situation? You said you left work early to go home. Mm -hmm. How do you practice self-care in general? I mean, you're a dancer, you're a you model, you, yeah. What do you do to practice self-care? Yeah, so I, um, dance has always been my, my form of therapy, stress and therapy, because sometimes being at a long rehearsal, you're just like, oh, I just want to go home. And then yeah. when you're on stage, it's just the greatest form of like self-expression and, and love. And I, I absolutely get the biggest adrenaline rush from it. Um, but on a daily um, I try and just take time to like, at the end of a day, just like watch a show and just like completely shut my brain off and just like immerse myself into, into that. Um, I listen to podcasts. I, um, sometimes I even clean. That's like when it's an extreme thing is like, oh my God, I'm so stressed. Or I'm so emotional right now. I need to clean. Um, which yeah, it's a, a way because you just feel so good after your apartment is clean. Yeah um take pictures of it post it on social media hey I'm yeah <laughs> yeah um I mean I do face masks I do all the like that kind of stuff um I had tried yoga for like a little bit and I was really liking it and then yeah now that I I moved uh my apartment is not so conducive to you know me stretching out in all different places so um I uh don't really do that anymore but I still enjoyed that just even sitting and not touching my phone for five minutes is self-care for me. <laughs> That's so awesome. Shutting down technology is so helpful. Uh, yeah. yeah. And just being, and just having a good laugh, watching a good show or yeah. something. It's just, it's yeah. So good. Yeah. 
Okay, so you know what I wanted to ask you, because carnival, um, me being a Trinidadian American, carnival and caravana is so big in our community, like the different music, like you like to dance and stuff. Um, can you talk about, like, have you been to any of those um, type of festivities and what kind of music do you like and stuff? Yeah, so I have not been to carnival, but I have been to caravana a few times. And Shout out to Toronto. Shout out to okay. Toronto, by the way. <laughs> Um, the last time I was there, I went, uh, wasn't this past year, obviously, but uh, two years ago when Michelle was supposed to perform, yeah. and then there was this whole controversy about permits or something, and we didn't get to see him, but, um, I mean, soca music, chutney music, like, it's all just been such a huge part of, of me growing up, or, like, that one side of me, yeah. um, but, I mean, outside of that, I listened to, to Bollywood music, American music, my mom loves country music, so we also listen to country music, um, and, you know, I love me some like EDM because after all I'm a Jersey girl so right, exactly. <laughs> gotta, like this pump somewhere you have to yeah, yeah absolutely um and being a Jersey girl you know we have um our options of dating all different types of men I'm sure as you know Jersey is very diverse in certain areas in certain areas um can you talk about any dating experiences you had with uh someone who's Indian let's say um yeah yeah so actually Fun fact, aside from my first boyfriend ever in life, which was freshman year of high school, aside from him, mm. all of my boyfriends have been Indian Indian. So wow. like okay. um, their parents are, are immigrants and so they're first generation here, similar to, to me. Us, yeah. mm -hmm. um, and it's always been a little bit of a pain point because they like, you know, things are great. And then when it gets comes time to to get serious they're like well i actually have to marry a insert wherever your their family is from right. that type of girl or my parents really want this and i'm like well have you ever spoken to your parents about this like um especially with my my most recent ex which was uh, like six years ago um so not that recent but the most right. recent, um he was probably the biggest defender of that because we used to live together i went on vacation with his family um I used to stay over their house. Like his mom would text me, call me, whatever. And I'm like, how can you tell me that your parents want you to marry this type of girl when they're okay with us doing all of these other things? Right. Um, and I was like, well, did you ever have this conversation with them? He was like, no. And I was like, well, are, are you planning on it? And he was like, no. And so that was kind of it. That was like one of the primary reasons we broke up but to be honest I dodged a bullet on that one so okay, <laughs> okay that's fine um but it, it still was like why would you waste you know so many years of my life if you yeah. felt this way or if you knew that this was what was going to happen that that's like I feel bad for you because it's it's like you were duped because you were immersed in his family and they seemed okay with it and then this comes out of left field oh I gotta marry a let's insert whatever Gujarati yeah. like whatever you yeah. want to insert in there Jane you know yeah. um so that that's unfortunate I'm sorry to hear that but but I do know is you you know you've not the only one and I mean it's sad but it's yeah. I'm really sad that happened um to you what I noticed when when you were just speaking the matchmaking lady Seema right mm -hmm. I was like Seema doesn't see Nadia as Indian I was like, she, and, but you are, but you yeah. are. And I, I've run into that too, where people from India do not see Indo-Caribbeans as Indian. Yeah. And what I loved, which I'll never forget what you said on the show, you said, 
we j- I am Indian. We just came here a little earlier. That's the truth. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, even Indians from like South Africa, well, technically they're not Indian too, but the Indians from India still see Indians from South Africa as Indian. So I was like, what, what is it any different if I just moved to yeah. this side of the hemispheres, you know, this hemisphere right. a little more, um, than you did. Um, and so that was just always such a, such a pain point in, in relationships. And then, yeah, same thing with, with Sima D is that like, yeah. she acknowledged that I was different than everybody else. Mm-hmm. But like my friends always tell me, they're like, you're the most Indian, non-Indian we know, meaning like, you know, I do Bollywood dancing, I, you know, do Garba this, 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 I watch movies, music, everything, I'm so immersed, but, like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm Guyanese by, you know, by my heritage, right. but yes, my ancestry is Indian, and it was just always something that was just, like, not fully this, not and not fully, fully yeah. that. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah, 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 there's Indians in Fiji, there's Indians in South America, Guyana, in the islands, like Trinidad, uh-huh. where my parents are from, South, South Africa, there's Indians in at, Europe. In Europe, London has a huge population, and especially a huge um, Indo-Caribbean population. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're everywhere, and we do consider ourselves Indian, um, just Indo-Caribbean. You know, right. so I'm just, you know, I'm so happy that that we're doing this, and you're shedding some light. You know what it is? It's ethnic identity. Right. It's ethnic identity. That's what it boils down to. Like, what do you identify as? Um, yeah. And I feel like we need to just, there's a lot of ignorant people out there and there's racism within the culture and mm-hmm. that needs to just stop, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's another thing we can add to that's the a whole other things thing. that need to get worked on, but. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. For answering those questions. Of course. Okay. Do you believe that there is a stigma in the Indo-Caribbean community when it comes to seeking therapy or um, yeah, getting help for mental health, or even if they, be- even if some people in the Indo-Caribbean community believe that mental health is even an issue. Yes, a hundred percent a stigma. Um, I remember this was I don't know, maybe like eight, nine years ago at this point. Um, I was with at the time I'd broken up with my boyfriend at the time, and I wanted to go to a therapist because I was like so emotional i was lashing out in anger like anything that happened to me good bad indifferent my immediate reaction was anger and i like couldn't understand like why i was doing that so i told my mom that i wanted to go for therapy and at the time i was working and so i had my own money um so it wasn't like i was relying on them for it but she was like why do you need that she's like just get over it or just like blah 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 and like even my dad to my brother and i had told my parents that like oh we think you should guys should go to like couples counseling uh, and they were just like, we don't need that, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, they like bite and then they don't talk to each other for days. And we're just like, hello, like, <laughs> you know, like this isn't healthy. Um, but I think there's just this, again, with like a you know, male gender stereotype of like the man has to be the man and he right. can't show emotion and he has to like strong, you know, strong arm everything. And so my dad was just kind of like, I'm not doing that. And then my mom, like, I feel like she would do it if my dad would do it, but then like she just needed that push and I don't know. Um, so yes, I agree that there's 100% a stigma around um, Indo-Caribbeans and, and seeking help. Um, I think, I don't know if it's just a generational thing that maybe our, our parents are like that and maybe our generation understands the benefits of 
seeking help and of mental health um, in all aspects of our lives. But I just, uh, I hope that that's something that will change. We can add that to the list too. Absolutely. I hope that does change. I mean, it's so healthy. Yeah. Um, and I really wish um, the Indo-Caribbean community can can be more accepting of mental health and it's not so taboo. And um, I think some people in other generations feel, oh, I don't want to tell my business to a stranger and just keep it in the family type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Um, can you um, talk to us about your family support system a bit about after the show aired? Because I can only imagine what kind of feedback you got from the Indo-Caribbean community. Uh, yeah, if you can touch base on all of that. Yeah, I mean, my family, immediate and extended, are literally the best. Um, my immediate family, like my parents especially, like, I mean, my brother has always been ride or die, but my parents are like, ride or die, like, we will do anything. Like, when I was 15 and I was like, I want to be a model, they were like, okay. And so, like, I remember, like, my parents would literally, if I had castings and stuff, they would literally leave work, come right. home, pick me up from school, drive me to Manhattan for, like, a five-minute casting, and then drive all the way back. Wow. And it was just like they came to my sport. Like I played a lot of sports in high school. They came to all my games. They you played to sports. You got to play sports. Yeah, I did volleyball, basketball, and lacrosse. Awesome. <laughs> I didn't get to play sports. That's oh. <laughs> yeah, and I was dancing like while I was doing all of that, and then I tried modeling while I was doing all of that. So that it was like so I've cool. just always been perpetually busy. But um, yeah, my parents are always just like, whatever you want to do, like we'll figure out how to make it work. Um, and so when I came to them with the sh like, oh, hey, I want to shoot this Netflix show, they were just like, what? Um, and it was actually three, or the first day they came to film was three weeks after my parents had the surgery. So that was like the first time, like my, my dad was actually quarantined, but he's, he couldn't, um, his immune system was still really low. He wasn't on his like medication yet. So he had to be quarantined like away from everybody. And then my mom, that was actually her, that week was the first time she was able to um be out and functioning and so that was the first time she put makeup on first time she got dressed and so like to have all this whole crew at your house right. like three weeks after you have surgery like they just made it work and it's like so amazing so they've always been like that and i've had nothing but love for my um you know extended uh family as well i'm sure there are cousins and aunties and uncles who, oh, you see Nadia, on, you know, on the yeah, 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 So I'm sure there was a good amount of, of shit talking too, but um, yeah. I mean, no one has shared any of that with me. I've only heard the positive comments, which are great. Awesome. Um, but from the community at large, I got so many messages from people being like, you don't know your own history. You don't know this. Uh, my, my family didn't come as workers. They came as like indentured, you know, indentured slaves or whatever. Which is uh, the same thing <laughs> right and I was just yeah. like well I was just being like PC but also cool yeah. um but yeah people were really pushing back on like well you don't know your own history you don't know your family what they did your ancestors how they struggled for you and I was just like no I get it I'm like when I was in Guyana I went to the sugarcane fields and I saw the like mm -hmm. the men working and how they were running to catch the um truck before it left to drop them all home and like I saw all that stuff. I saw the house my dad grew up in, a tiny little like shack with nine people in the house. I'm like, I know what it was. I was just like, yeah. instead of, you would think being one of one of the first, you know, Indo-Caribbeans on a mainstream platform that people be like, hey, let's support you. Instead exactly. of being like, let me yeah. find everything I can say that will make you, tear you down. Right. So I did get a lot of pushback from that respect. 
I wish it wasn't like that. I'm so sorry to hear that, but I really, I really wish that um, we were more supportive of one another. I mean, it was a big deal what you did, and it was so mainstream. And mm-hmm. I mean, how there's, I think you were so brave to do that. And mm-hmm. remember when when you got ghosted? Like girls go through, women go through that. And I mean, it was so vulnerable. I mean, people yeah. go through being ghosted. Do you um, talk to? Have you ever has that guy ever reached out to you? By the way, oh, he has. Um, oh let's hear it so basically when it happened um I obviously didn't talk to him after that because I was just like f you right Um, and then he reached out like right before the show came out and then like a a day or two after it came out and I was just like I have nothing to say to you you had almost a whole year to apologize for what you did absolutely I think he even went on Twitter at one point I think I think he changed his name or description to the guy who ghosted right oh my gosh I was like the audacity of that so every every outlet anyone and everyone that would listen to him he was talking to them and then he was like trying to play the victim and like all this stuff and i'm like dude like he kept saying oh i have receipts i'm like guess who was on the other end of those receipts and i was like i don't understand what his what that situation was and i was like guess who also has the receipts the producers because i sent them every single thing right and so I just didn't understand that. And yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it is a part of, of modern dating where, um, you know, either you go out with a guy and then most of the time it's over text that he will ghost or like he won't call you back or something right. like that. But like this was literally he did not show up when he told me he was on the way. That was and perfect. Yeah, I called him twice. Like it was just a mess. And I was just like, are you kidding me right now? And so the next morning when I called him, um, he finally answered and he's like, got really defensive, obviously, because he knew he was in the wrong. But uh, yeah, I haven't spoken to him since because I'm like, you had a year to apologize to me for what you've done and or to make it right. And um, I, I don't have the bandwidth to deal with that right now. Right those good boundaries you had really great boundaries um yeah he could have at least reached out which he didn't um you know um we are who, are you friends with anyone who's still who was from uh the cast yeah. so um myself and shaker are still really good friends um jay um he went out with uh perna so jay and dillip so jay uh jay and i have become closer and dillip actually grew up we went to the same high school we like went to this another jersey girl and because we were on like so we had these like cast calls and so we were on the call one day and he said oh i'm going home because he said he lives in brooklyn and he said, oh so he sorry <laughs> and i was just like oh it's like where in jersey do you live and then he said the town he grew up in and i was just like shut up i was like i live there and so um so my parents moved from that town to another town after like my brother and i had been graduated a long time and so um i was just like no way so once we found out that we a went to the same like middle school high school um we actually have my best friend her older sister and dillip are friends and i was just like how small is this world um and so yeah him and i are are good friends and um i exchange messages with with the other cast members but i'd say the three of them are probably the um three that i talk to the most vyasar yeah <laughs> a gem of a human. I absolutely love him. Um, he is not really on Instagram and I don't have his, his actual phone number, but we exchange over, um, over Facebook and on Twitter. 
That's so awesome that you're yeah, he's so great. Oh, that's so great. Um, I mean, I'm glad that you're still in communication with them and everything. I mean, and it's good to, you know, have people that are from your community and your circle. And that's really cool. I mean, this is a big deal today. People don't really know this, but we're actually doing this the day of uh, Vice President Kamala Harris um, was inducted in Joe Biden. I mean, what is going through your mind and your emotions right now? Oh, happening? I mean, I have been glued to the TV all day because um, I could not tear myself away from from the coverage. And it's just such a proud moment. Um, like Absolutely. just seeing her her walk out and then hearing every speaker say madam vice president and like i literally have chills right now i wish you could like me too, me too. Yeah. it's um it's such an amazing feeling and i think the the poet who spoke um at the inauguration was absolutely amazing i think she you know really nailed it like a a child who was born of the descendants of slaves has you know you know born bore a daughter who was raised by a single mother who could grow up and become the vice president of the United States. It's just absolutely amazing. And it just gives me so much hope for, for this country, for people of color, for women. Um, and so, you know, we deserve a seat at the table and this is the first absolutely. one. We're going to pull up at a big table. <laughs> Your own table too. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, this is, it's so inspiring today. It's just, yeah. I mean, it's just, this is history. It's just awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you dating anyone? I'm sure people want to know. <laughs> I'm sure they do. I am, you know, just kind of taking some time for myself because it's uh, with the show coming out. And then um, I actually work a full-time job as well on top of doing event planning. Um, okay. And so my life has just been an absolute mess um and so to add somebody into that would just be a little messier and i'm not ready for that yet so oh i hear you i yeah. hear you but i am happy so don't worry <laughs> very very happy to hear that um, yeah do you have any dating advice or anything uh, that you want to tell people about or um i'd say dating advice for me the biggest thing that helped me so first um this is not sponsored. I am just sharing. All um, opinion, by the way. Yes. Um, I read this book yeah. called It's Just a Fucking Date. And mm -hmm. that book like really helped to change my mindset about dating. Mm -hmm. um, so in the book, they really talk about, you know, going on a date is not a big of a deal, as big of a deal as people make it. People think like, oh my God, if I go on this date, like I'm going to have to marry this guy. I'm going to have to this, 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 whatever. Yeah. It's just two humans going to a mutual place and enjoying a meal. And if you continue talking after that, you do. If you don't, you don't. Like you're not getting married at the date. Right. Um, and so, I mean, obviously they talk about many other things in the book, but that was kind of like the main takeaway is that it's just the date. Like, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Um, and so that, that book really helped me a lot. And I was in like a pretty low place when I read it. And so it really helped to frame the rest of the dates that I've gone on since then. Um, I think another thing that um, has really helped me, and I talk about this on the show, is to go in with 
for me personally is going with low expectations, right? So I, I'm the type of person as a planner, I have played out like every possible scenario in my head. And so with that, sometimes I build up excitement because I'm like, oh, what if this is like the first date with my future husband? And like, I want to remember it. And you know, all of these like super sentimental things. And then I'm just like, okay, it's just us going for pizza and drinking beer, like not a big deal. Um, and so I think that help that going into situations with having low expectations helps me kind of protect myself and then also like if we have a good time then I have a really great time and if we don't have a good time then that's okay too I'm not going to be disappointed by that it is just what it is in that situation and and I acknowledge that and then I move forward mm -hmm. um and so that those are kind of like two things that's really helped me um in dating. that's awesome so awesome um Speaking of dating, um, I'm sure, has anyone ever asked you if you would date outside of your race? Yeah, actually, it's funny enough, a lot of people don't ask me that because oh, they just assume okay. that I was on Indian matchmaking, so they think I only want to date Indian guys, especially since on the show I said I only want to date Indian guys, but... When a show is called Indian Matchmaking, you have to talk about only dating brown exactly. guys, right? So I'm open to anyone and everyone, um, as are my parents uh, or my family. And so as long as you are a good person, you you know have the your our values and and things like that align. Like my parents don't care if you're you know black, white, purple, gray, anything. So that's so awesome. Yeah. I just wanted to rewind back to I totally forgot to ask you this. Um, what okay. sports did you play? Oh, I played um, volleyball, basketball, and lacrosse. Nice. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah. I was a jock. <laughs> <laughs> um, are there any special causes that you have a heart for? Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, I recently joined um, this organization called Troublemakers for Good. And um, it's an organization that was founded by um, two women who are kind of in the CPG beauty industry. Um, and they have now kind of come together to um, hone all of their best skills and, and to really uh, use it to, to benefit the, the greater good. Um, so Troublemakers for Good really tries to um, empower women to share, you know, the ways that women can be quote troublemakers, but obviously for good causes. And so, um, you know, I just love everything about their page, what they stand for, um, you know, women's empowerment, just kind of being, um, you know, women supporting women. And they truly mean that. I know sometimes that phrase is kind of tossed around. Um, but I think just aren't really doing that. They're just doing that to have that face value of it. But yeah, I totally hear you. Yeah, no, they are truly authentic in what they do. And so I've been working a lot with them. Um, one of my good friends is um, part of that, uh, that team and she, you know, really looped me into that. So I really love that. Um, and then I, my cousins um, are two of the co-founders of the Jahaji sisters. Um, and so... I'm part yeah. of that organization, Jahaji Sisters. Oh, really? I actually just did um, a panel with them at their mm -hmm. Women's Empowerment hey. Summit. Yeah, I saw. I, yeah, that's so cool. What a small yeah. I worked with them for like 10 years now. Oh, really? So Tage, the girl who was the moderator, Tage yeah. and Simone are my first, or my technically my second cousin. So our moms are both first Wow, cousins. what a small world. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
So um, I've definitely been um, a lot more involved with with what they do. Like I said, I did the the panel with them, and um, you know, just in talks with Tage and, and Simone to do other things like down the road because um, there is a lot of of give back to be you know done for the Indo-Caribbean community, um, yeah. and I feel like you know they have a kind of good. Um, grasp on, you know, a good grasp, and they have quite a network um, of people. And so, yeah, I've been, you know, working with them to, to try and do, try and do more. So it's, uh, it's been really great. That's so awesome. Oh my yeah. goodness. You know, it's really um, inspiring to see you rising up to do, to help um, women empowerment and in our community and seeing so many other outlets open up and, and like being, uh, being, you know, a force of nature to really advocate for the, uh, for women, especially in the Indo-Caribbean community. So thanks for that. That's, it's a, it's just awesome. Um, I want to thank you so much for your vulnerability and, and just answering all of my questions I was so curious about. Um, <laughs> and I really want to thank you and for taking the time and um, let's enjoy, you know, the day of watching uh, yes. Vice President Kamala Harris. <laughs> I literally get chills every time you say it. I swear, I, mean, I can't. I, 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 I like, you know, I cried so much when she first got elected. And I was just like, is this real life right now? Like, oh my God. Yeah. I had to talk to my therapist about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's absolutely amazing. There's so much like power and hope and, and uh, you know, great energy that's coming out of today. So I'm so happy. I'm yeah. hopeful. Same here. Well, thank yeah. you so much. Thank and if, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, um, can you tell everyone your Instagram? Yeah, so you can find me. Um, my personal account is at Nadia Jagasar, um, or you can also follow at Euphoria Events. Awesome. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening and watching the Core Behavioral Therapist, Dr. Trisha Ramperson. And thank you, a special thank you to Nadia. Thank you so much. You. Bye, everyone. <laughs>